Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 34 of the Energetic Education Podcast. And today, very excited, I am sitting along one of my good friends and uh, not only that, but works for ANZ UK as the Teaching Division Manager, uh, Nigel Otto. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, Dale. Thanks for having me here today. Now, my pleasure, mate. Um, what we're going to talk a little bit today about is landing the perfect job. Now, um, <clears throat> we will get a little bit of your background and everything like that, but I suppose the main reason is you deal with teachers every day, placing them in schools getting jobs, dealing with schools, applications, everything like that. So um, hopefully listeners out there, if you're thinking about applying for a job as a new teacher or if you uh, not really enjoying your current position or you'd like to find a new job out there, then today Nigel and myself will give you a lot of different tips. Now, Nigel, uh, you're a country boy growing up in Ballarat, Victoria, Lake Bolac for those who know Victoria quite well. Um, can you give us a little... God's country, correct. Can you give us a little bit of a background of uh, your teaching and so forth, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm a primary trained teacher. I went to ACU in Ballarat. Um, once I graduated, I, I moved to London pretty well straight away um, and taught in London at a variety of schools um, there for two years. Uh, that was a really good experience and I highly recommend that to anyone. Um, well, just before you go on, so you went straight from university, straight over London. You didn't teach in Australia at all. No, I did probably about or half a term, half a term one CRT in Ballarat and then moved moved straight to London. Um, yeah, so that was a pretty eye-opening. Uh, <laughs> Big Yeah, not having much experience, but it's... Uh, Worked out really well. Do you, if you had your time again, would you change it, or you, like the way you got over then it made you probably develop as a teacher quite quickly? Yeah, no, not at all. As I said, like I highly recommend it. Like it, it progressed my teaching development that much quicker than you know I probably would have had the chance to do here in Australia. Like at the wide variety of experiences. Um, as anyone that, that's had experience, like experience teaching in London, they'll tell you that. You know, every day is a is a, a challenge. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it, it improved my teaching out of sight. Yeah. Yep. And I know I've heard listeners out there. I've spoken about this a number of times. That um, very challenging environments where you'd get a telephone call each morning and you'd be at a completely different school, new area, new kids. You wouldn't know anybody. So nice for you to go straight over there, mate. That's really impressive. So um, you just mentioned two and a half years in London. Um. And then yep. where from there, mate? Yep. Moved back, uh, moved back to Australia, moved back to Ballarat initially. Again, uh, did a little bit of CRT, probably few, probably for about not only a short amount of time, probably about six months, um, before I started working here at ANZDK. So my next question, I suppose, is you've taught mainly in London as a CRT, so that's a supply teacher um, for people overseas and may not be familiar with that. How did you go straight from that into recruitment and working for ANZ UK, which is one of the biggest teaching agencies in Australia and over in the UK and in America now as well? How, how did you make that transition or the decision that you didn't want to be in the classroom and you wanted to take that sort of new role? Yeah. Um, well, think back now, probably 
when I got back from London and uh, started doing a little bit of CRT again, um, when I got back, I probably started to think about whether teaching was the career path that I wanted to continue in. I knew that I really had a passion for education. I wanted to stay in education. Um, felt that I, yeah, well, I really wanted to, to still continue working that field and be able to help people um, as well um, within that field. And that's when I come across ANZ UK and felt that it could be possibly a good fit um, for me. I, I really enjoyed you know, what they did being able to help educators, you know, and place them into the, the settings um, that was right for them. So I was lucky enough to, to know someone that did work at the company back then, uh, Geordie, um, and she put me in contact with a uh, with the CEO, uh, CEO Daniel, um, and, yeah, it all started from there. Nice, and I, I suppose you are, you're not teaching anymore, but you're still really involved in education. So... Um, for people out there that may uh, not be familiar with teaching agencies or things like that, can you just sort of explain some of your daily roles? And I know you've worked your way up. You're now, as I mentioned, the manager. Um, what are, what were some of the roles that you started off doing or some of the roles that people within AMS UK do? Yep. Um, so uh, here in the office here in Melbourne, majority of the consultants day-to-day uh, it's a the wide variety um, of things that they do have control and, and do work through. But uh, interviews, so they do a lot of um, interviews with teachers, educators coming in, so with teachers and support staff. Um, they go out and visit a lot of schools and manage um, relationships with a lot of schools. So they're out visiting in those schools, finding out exactly what their needs are and how we can best match um, those needs with the educators that we do have. So not only interviewing the educators, essentially got to recruit, you've got to find those educators. Um, so do that through a, mu- a number of means, whether that be referrals or screening through job boards and things like that, through, what, through social media. Um, and so that's that. So yeah, and then day to day in the mornings, obviously a lot of the schools call in the mornings for their bookings for the day and, and requests for the teachers. Um, and the guys have control over, you know, trying to find the best match for that school, um, that particular class for the day, and, and I think that's where the, the team really enjoys it the most, being able to find that person and find the right school for them. Yeah, nice. So, and I do know uh, how busy you guys are, that uh, particularly term three and four, that you were just swept off your feet. You've got that many schools ringing you and that many placements. I guess it's, it's probably a really exciting job. Um, there's always something new. Is yeah. that, would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it is uh, very high intensity <laughs> in here, particularly in the mornings, <laughs> yeah. um, particularly in the middle of all the depths of winter. A very, very, um, yeah, very busy, high volume of calls, um, high volume of uh, bookings being um, made morning of and in right throughout the day but the morning in particular um so schools can make those obviously via phone um they can also do that via their apps and online portals um so very high intensity every day is different every moment's uh very very different um (coughs) but the days fly by yeah good mate good now the main sort of topic of today is landing the perfect job so um, different, there's so many different ways about you can go that, and I know you just mentioned, um, and I always talk about this, but it's all about who you know, what you know, that's obviously how you've gotten your job at the start, I'm sure you were very good at your job, but knowing Geordie, you were able to come straight in. Um, besides that, so without knowing people or anything like that, 
CV is really important. What are what are some do's and don'ts that are crucial in CVs? Some do's and don'ts of CVs. Um, I think being with CVs, being nice and, and clear and concise around um, your roles and responsibilities, relate it to relate it to the job that you're applying for as well. I think a lot of people make mistakes of just having one generic CV that they send out to, you know, 10, 20 schools in the area, and it's not tailored, it's not personalised to that school. So take the time to tailor it to the school. Um, Take the time to to get to know the school before you send the CV off so you can really target and tailor it to that school. Um, References are a big one too. Um, make sure you have correct referees on there. Make sure you have, if you're a graduate teacher, make sure you have your most recent mentor teachers on there from your placements. Um, if you're an experienced teacher, make sure that you have <coughs> principal class references. So make sure you have a principal or assistant principal class reference from your most recent place of work as well. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if you're going for a job and you don't have one of them on there, what's the first thing you think? That something's not right, you may have done the wrong thing. All right, so um, really crucial there. Um, and as you just mentioned there, do you research on the schools? Yeah. How often do you just get a generic, well, particularly on those schools out there are getting 100, 200 applications for the job. If you've just got a generic application that's got nothing personalised to the school's values, goals, or where they're heading, you're just going to get thrown in the bin. They probably won't even look past your cover letter, will they? Yeah, exactly right. They won't. And another thing too, like, and it might seem like a simple one, is... Your grammar, you know, the way that the CV presents, um, <clears throat> making sure that it, the, the, there's no mistakes in it. Okay, because the first mistake that they, they see, they will throw it in the bin also. So make sure that your CV has been, you know, drafted, it has been read over, as, you know, it's not just the second time, it's the third time for summer, it's been checked all along the way, and you're completely satisfied with the way that it. It sits before you send it off. Yeah, you can you can never get enough eyes looking over it. Particularly, as we said, schools are looking not for guns; they're looking for reasons to throw your application in the bin. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which which is a horrible thing to say, but that's reality. If you're getting a hundred or two hundred, right, you're trying to eliminate them as fast as you can. Spelling mistake, grammar, anything like that, catch you later. All right, so they're really simple tips, guys. Um, from Nigel, I like that. Now, next one I'm going to ask about. Um, what are maybe some of your top tips for new teachers. So if you're just coming straight out of uni um, and you're like, geez, I'm so overwhelmed, you know, I've done four years of uni or three years of teaching, I don't know where to start. Um, Would you recommend contacting teaching agencies such as ANZ-UK or a couple of tips, mate, for teachers out there? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not saying this uh, obviously because I work for them. uh, (laughs) I would say if you come out and I'll go out and present to... um, a lot of different unis um, at various stages throughout the year and when we talk to the graduates we always say <coughs> make sure if, you, if you're unsure of what you want to do CRT is the best the best way to get some experiences and to get a really good understanding of the types of schools that you want to that you want to work in um, I think a lot of graduates make the mistake of just sending out their CV to to any school and not really having a good understanding of of anything about that school, whether it's the, the school that they really want to work in, and CRT, CRT is the best way to gain that experience. You get you get out there, you get to put your best foot forward in front of the school for one, um, and you get you start to build some relationships within the schools, and you really and you really can tell, or you really get to to work out 
how schools differ um, and, and which ones really match up and suit with your values or suit with your learning style. And then you can, from there, as you just start to build your, your experience and your knowledge and capacity, um, you know, go after and apply for, you know, for jobs in the schools that you really and, want to work in. Yeah, and normally, as you said, if you're at a school and you like it, you're going to do a better job at somewhere you like going to. So if anything opens up, you're probably going to get offered a job anyway. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, and I see, see it too often in the workshops I've been running this year and last year that teachers are disengaged and they're, they're not enjoying it simply because they've taken a job they didn't know anything about school and now they're hating it. It's in an environment that they don't like and it's a really bad experience first up. So I think that's really good advice. Um, if you don't know the area or the school that you're applying for, mm-hmm. then you know go and volunteer, do some CRT or you know just go along and mirror a teacher and see what it's like if that's the environment for you. So yeah. great knowledge there. Now, I know this is this next one's a really big one and it was large when we were going through uni. I know we were talking about them, but today on the scale, social media is epic. It's everywhere. It's not going anywhere. Um, what do, do you guys check social media of anybody applying for a job or a position with you? And I suppose what are some, I suppose that's the first part of the question. Then secondly, what, what would you recommend for new teachers in regards to social media? Yeah, that's, you know, it's, as you said, it's definitely something that's not going uh, to go away and it's becoming more and more prominent in terms of, um, you know, checks and, you know, schools and everyone involved within education doing online checks and really digging into that and seeing um, if anything does come up and, you know, if there's anything that they should be aware of. Um, so yes, we do. We we do go down that path, and it's something that's going to be kept, become more heavily monitored. As I've got no doubt, as we move into the future, um, in terms of say the second part of your question, in terms of you know, how I suppose you should be aware of or how you should monitor it, like the simple things like Facebook pages and you know your own social media, the the privacy settings on those, like there's no way that you should have those open to the public so students can view, you know, the schools, you know, can view as well. It's simple. I, I don't know if, um, like we find it, a lot of educators don't, have just simple things like that, having their private privacy settings changed so that they can't, can't, be, can't be viewed by the public, can't be viewed yep. by students. Um, because you'd be surprised, like you'll get out, we have a lot of um, educators go out and they, they're teaching and educating within the schools and students, they, that's the first thing they'll do, they'll try and look <laughs> you up on Facebook, they'll try and look you up on Instagram. Yep. Um, so that'd probably be not one, number yeah, one well, That's pretty common <laughs> sense, isn't it? Simple, well, particularly the main three that I know about, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, you can set all of those to private. Yep. Right? And then really all they can see is your profile picture. So really think about it. You don't need to have an outrageous profile picture. It can be a view. It doesn't need to involve anything else. I think it's pretty much common sense, isn't it? Yeah. Another thing um, I used to do is uh, I had my name as Sale Dive Bottom. So I obviously yeah. changed my initials around. Yeah. Um, do things like that still get recommended? That was a long time ago I had that. <laughs> people still do that sort of stuff they do they do that's a good one and what about choose that one <laughs> oh, another simple one too not to be adding students oh. onto your onto your social media as well um, I think that's just that's particularly dangerous and 
you know, yeah, paths to, to go down. Um, so that, they're very simple things, but you'd probably be amazed at how many people um, probably don't, don't, don't think do about that. it or don't yeah. do that. And I suppose another, I know I'm talking about just negatives, but like with your CV or your application, if there's spelling mistakes for it, <clears throat> not applies to the school, throw out. Yeah. If they like your application, then they look on your social media yeah. and they see one thing, bad luck, gone. Yeah. So I think they're just non-negotiables. I'm sure universities tell the students, I know you guys tell everybody that applies for a job and things like that. So they're just must these days. Um, I'd be all over that. Now, um, moving on to where I sort of like this sort of stuff, man, I'm going to get a bit of your own personal opinion on these. But um, I'd love maybe three top tips. All right, and you've probably given a few already away, but um, for teachers applying for new jobs, if you could say to a new teacher coming in or you're speaking to a new group, so you speak to a lot of universities, they're fourth-year teachers, what would be maybe the three top takeaways that you give to those students before leaving those talks? Three top takeaways. Um, like I said, the one I said before around... Like, try them before you buy. Like, yep. honestly, like, I can't recommend that high enough. Go out, get some experience, do some CRT, try some different things as well. If you haven't tried working with special needs students, go out, do some CRT, get in within special needs, special education environments, like, to improve your capacity and your ability and your knowledge base by doing things like that. So try before you buy. Get out and do that type of stuff. It's, I can't, as I said, can't stress that enough. It'll, it'll only... It'll only build your knowledge and, you know, move and progress your teaching career, you know, quicker than you could have thought. So Great one, Nigel. I love yeah. that. I've got that down. Try before you buy. Really sound advice. Number two, mate. Number two. Number two. It's the important one, number two, mate. It is. It is. It's not quite as good as number Did one. I, I, probably rewinding. These are just my, for my personal experiences, yeah, this maybe. Is, this is why we're getting it. Yeah, know? like I said right at the start, have you ever got the opportunity to go over... Um, overseas and teach I was lucky enough obviously to go to the UK the UK is a very easy one to to transfer over to um, in terms of things are very similar in the way that they their curriculum and stuff to Australia particularly, so, particularly for Australians yeah, you know yeah. we're, we're quite lucky that we can go straight over and we can teach yep so um, I would highly recommend that as well again um, the challenges that you probably face over there will be uh, it could be a lot different to what you would experience in Australia. So, again, that that's another thing that if you get a chance to do it, you can go and do it. Yeah, yeah. I really like that one. And I'll totally agree with that. We're, we uh, we actually lived a couple of streets over from each other when we were in London, mate. So, um, I like to finish all my uh, podcast guests and interviews with this. I love icebreakers, team building games. I think they're the best. And I love finding new ones so I'm not selfish I don't just do this for myself I do this for the listeners as well so um, when you were teaching when you were doing any day you've done London, Australia Ballarat, Lake Bollock wherever you've been what is your number one go to icebreaker team building game that just uh, brings the house down Nigel? brings the house down um, alright I did one very recently actually it's a good team building one has it got a name? Um, we'll call it we'll call it the spaghetti any building activity. Okay. Okay, good. All right. So, as I did this one recently. Good fun. So, you need the space of 20 minutes. So, you give the space of 20 minutes. Um, it's a group activity. So, a group team building activity. So, each group has 20 pieces 
of spaghetti, like yep. the straight straight spaghetti. Yep. Um, they have one meter of tape. They have one meter of string and one marshmallow. Yep. And they in the twenty minutes they have to work together to build to build a, or to construct. Um, the spaghetti to hold the marshmallow on top, yep. and the tallest marshmallow wins. Well, the tall, yeah, the marshmallow is the highest point. Yep. At the end, wins. It is extremely hard. Like okay. it's yeah. a lot harder than you think. Um, so it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be a freestanding structure with the marshmallow on top. Twenty cool. minutes to do. Yeah. Well, good what, fun. What happens if you run out of tape? That's it. That's it. Break, spaghetti breaks. Uh, yep, so once you once the twenty minutes is up, everyone's got to stand away from the structure, and the one with the marshmallow, the highest freestanding marshmallow free tower. I like it. Very good. Pretty easy too. You very, can, very very easy. Very cheap. Very easy. Good team dollars. building and definitely kills twenty minutes. Awesome, Nigel. Now, um, I think uh, for teachers out there, particularly. Um, I'm, I'm quite lucky. I do a little bit of work for your teaching agency as well, doing uh, running some professional development and workshops, and it's a really great organisation. So for teachers out there maybe that would like to try CRT if they haven't or supply teaching, because um, I know you're based now in Australia, uh, obviously in the UK, right? Very big then. You started in America as well, haven't you? Yeah, we did. We started there at the start of the year. So... A lot of that sort of taking over the world. Where can we find out more about ANZ UK if uh, teachers out there are interested? Yep. The easiest way is to visit our website. So if you just type in ANZ UK, um, then on our website it'll direct you, yeah, if you're interested in the UK, you're interested in Teaching America in Australia, um, the best way is to go via our website. If you want to upload, you can upload your CV via that way. Once you've done that, or once you've made contact with us that way, someone will uh, definitely make contact with you very shortly and, and get the process um, started from there. All right, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Nige, for uh, not only a fun interview, mate, for myself today, but uh, um, you could probably tell that we are quite good mates. We've had a bit of a laugh throughout, and hopefully you got a few really good takeaways from that. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, Nige. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. See ya.